Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Savannah with a different special guest every week. Tonight I am joined by one of Chicago's most influential burlesque performers, Willie LeCue. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. How would you describe a ghost? I think I would describe a ghost as an entity or a spirit with, you know, of course, we always hear about unfinished business. Right. And also just kind of maybe like, I'm interested in thinking about it in, as like maybe a lingering moment, maybe instead of like the spirit of a person, maybe it's like a reincarnation of a moment in time or a specific thing that happened okay or event um yeah i'm 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 really interested in like how many definitions can you make for something oh absolutely (laughs) there's a million (laughs) so do you believe in ghosts i knew you were gonna ask that (laughs) and it's such a loaded topic yes Um, I've, i've i've never been religious yeah me either and I feel like when you talk about ghosts, that like inevitably leads to a conversation about like the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether or not it exists or whether or not people have souls. And I think like I don't think I'm I believe in ghosts per se. I'm very skeptical. Okay. Um, because I don't believe in an afterlife and I don't, you know, subscribe to any organized religion. Right. But I love ghost stories so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't? That's right. the thing. <laughs> and I love spooky stuff, and I love the idea of haunting so much yes. that uh, I'm, I'm intrigued enough to um, reserve judgment. Fair. Until I experience it myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you visited Savannah, Georgia? I have. I've been there one time. I was there on tour for a show that I was in. Oh, nice. Yeah. What show? It's, uh, it was called the Vanella Bordella. Okay. It was a show about um, courtesans from Storyville in New Orleans. Okay. Um, kind of early 1900s sex workers. And I played, it was a burlesque show, and I played a version of myself that was like a 1900s gay kinky sex worker (laughs) (laughs) and we did it in this gay bar that had this amazing stage but the one gay bar in savannah i think it was probably (laughs) the one that we were at they have this amazing stage upstairs but we were downstairs on the floor um that was great it was a good show beautiful city yeah i love that city i want to go back so bad i i New Orleans is really like my second home. I love New Orleans I as love well. It so much. And Savannah really reminded me a lot of New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Just like with the architecture mm-hmm. and with the Spanish moss and all of the and the trees that just like that whole that whole style of architecture and city planning is just so beautiful. I really Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, relating it to New Orleans, yeah, they are very similar in that aspect. I love yeah. both those cities. Ugh, okay. Do you know much about Savannah's, like, ghost past? Or... I don't. All that I know, I know from your podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this should be fun. Especially because you've, you've been there. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, this week, I'm going to discuss Madison Square. For people who are just tuning in or who don't know much about Savannah, um... Savannah was planned with 22, like, squares, 22 parks, in 1837 in the, down, in the downtown historic district, or the north side of the city. Madison Square was named after the fourth president, James Madison. I don't know why it was named <laughs> after him, since he was from Virginia, but go off, Savannah. Cool. <laughs> go off, sis. <laughs> On the flip side, uh, some people call the square Jasper Square for the statue of Sergeant William Jasper that sits in the center of the square. During the Revolutionary War, there was a siege to take Savannah back from British control. Uh, the siege lasted a month from September of 1779 to October. So kind of where we are now. <laughs> uh, and even though the siege was a failure, William Jasper was memorialized memorialized for rescuing their banner even though he was mortally wounded and i'd like to think there are like more pressing issues than trying to retrieve your flag (laughs) but i guess like a morale boost is good for that right but it's i mean cool we can have a statue for that uh regardless you would not catch me sprinting through a battlefield to like get a flag no it's like capture the flag but like with death (laughs) that does not sound fun (laughs) that's exactly what it is and it does not sound fun (laughs) literally capture the flag that might be where it came from i came from i do love that game though capture the flag is a fun game but not when it involves death no well you know (laughs) (laughs) okay a little bit about the revolutionary war in savannah um basically britain thought they'd have a more loyal like base in the southern colonies in the united states so they captured savannah in december of 1778 um, and I do want to say capturing a city, you can probably guarantee that the citizens of that city aren't going to be very loyal. Right. So no matter what city you cap- capture and you think you have a loyal fan base there, when you capture a city, it's like, no, like, <laughs> they're not about it. No, they're only compliant because they have to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. doesn't make sense, but okay. Charlestown, South Carolina was housing American troops set on taking Savannah back. So they made plans with the French military to help take back Savannah. The approximately 6,000 American troops began marching south to Savannah, but the 5,000 French troops arrived first on warships. Instead of waiting, the French began pressing the 3,000 British troops. The day the French began their attack, it was extremely foggy, so they used it to their advantage. Uh, In a shroud of mist, the troops moved towards Savannah through the swamps that surrounded the city. However, by the time the troops were close to the city, the fog lifted and exposed their position. They were picked off by the British soldiers, causing the French to surrender and sail away, leaving the American troops behind. So the American troops finally made it there. The French were like, yeah, but most of our people died, so we're leaving. And so they didn't work together. So it's like, I don't get the... If you're going to contact each other to, like, create, you know, we're going to attack from both sides. You can't start without the other half. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just like, yeah, that's not conducive to 
No. Actual takeover. No. Uh, and again, the, Mer- the Americans had little success, and like the French, surrendered, and the British soldiers didn't leave the city until the end of the war. So the siege of Savannah again lasted a month with the French and the Americans ta- attacking this uh, the city, but neither were successful. So it was kind of just like a month of like failure, which sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my life. Now the question becomes: What do you do with over a thousand bodies scattered across a battlefield? Jesus. In this instance, there were French, British, and American troops left dead in 1779. And knowing who all these troops were was incredibly hard or impossible. You know, it's late 1700s. It's not like, I mean, I don't even know if they had dog, I guess they didn't have dog tags at that point either. So it's like, I don't even know how you would know who died and who didn't and who's on a ship across the sea that's going to take however long that takes. Like, that's insane. I don't know how they would identify the bodies or notify (laughs) the families or any of it. No. A majority of these people ended up being buried together in a mass grave, and that was in fact very common for the Revolutionary War. Has been It has been discovered that Savannah has several mass graves that have been paved over with the expansion of the city through the years, and Madison Square is home to one of those mass graves. Yeah. Really? So basically, I, like when I, I visited Savannah a couple months ago, mm-hmm. And I was talking to people who, like, were living there and stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, no matter where you walk in that city, you're walking over a grave of some sort. Because Just it's so old. Everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, no doubt that that shit's haunted. Ha- yeah, right. It There's no way around it <laughs> at all. Some say that if you disrupt a grave, it invites ghosts. And I don't necessarily believe that, but what I can see as a reasoning for a haunting is people being buried alive. Mm. So there were so many reasons why someone may be buried alive, especially during war. Obviously, at the time, we didn't have the advancements in medicine that we have today. So a lot of the time, someone would pass out from wounds or illness, and their heart rate would slow so drastically people thought they died. Add that to a war setting where there are thousands wounded and dead people with blood-soaked clothes and so on. So it is very plausible that they just threw everyone into a mass grave and didn't spend a lot of time checking for breath or waiting to see if anyone would wake up, that type of thing. How do you feel about being buried alive? (laughs) That is probably one of my greatest fears. Um... Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm incredibly claustrophobic. I feel that. And I think just... Because especially when you're buried alive or when you're, like, confined to a space, like, you don't have all of your your facilities or your faculties, so you can't, like... You can't, like, scratch through the... Like, exactly, just something yeah. about not being able to help yourself out of the situation yes. that you're in and not having any access to help. Um... Yes. It's just horrific to me. And it would be very slow. Yes, that's yeah, that's what's scary to me. Because, <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's enough oxygen for you to, like, panic, and then your breath will, you know, inevitably speed up because you're in a panic state. Yep. But, oh, God. Yeah, I think that's just the scariest. Yeah. One of the scariest scenarios possible. Yeah, one of my biggest fears is, um, or my biggest fear, is not being able to move. So, like, 
I don't want to say claustrophobic because small spaces don't necessarily bother me if I still have some kind of mobility. Right. But if I can't move a muscle or like sleep paralysis where you're stuck and you can't move, things like that is like my biggest fear. So yeah, this would terrify the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't... It's... Yeah, it's the the lack of independence. Yes, yes, for yes, me. yes. And like not being able to get myself out of that scenario or at least even try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with claustrophobia, it's more so... It, it it's more so like my limbs being confined. Yes. And like can't even like touch my fucking face. Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and this is a mass grave, so you're not even in a coffin at this point. You just have like bodies on top of you. So that's and even like, worse. And the smells. Yes. And the the fluids. Mm, like mm-hmm. no, none of it. And I mean that all the bodies would be, you know, completely entrenched with rigor mortis at this yep. point so it would just be like oh there'd be so much weight on top of yeah you. uh-huh and especially i can imagine these are people that are like i mean if you said like they didn't really have a way of checking if these people were alive or dead and we were you know not nearly as advanced as we are medically so probably people in comas yeah uh-huh or just like temporarily knocked out yeah were just or paralyzed or even pa- oh yeah of course yeah jesus crazy a little history about my family during world war one my great-grandfather was abroad when he caught the spanish flu and he was put in the medical tent and they believed he died uh so they put him in a body bag and tossed him amongst the dead in the medical tent. Um, before they buried him, though, he woke up and began to like move and make as much noise as he could um, to get anyone's attention. And they finally, like, someone finally saw the bag move and removed him from the bag and got him medical attention. And he recovered and survived the war. And that was in 1918, which is almost 150 years after the Revolutionary War. That's so like harrowing <laughs> is that insane oh my god that's insane live to tell the whole tale right wild it's wild and yeah so that's again 150 years after what we're talking about in the revolutionary war and they're still doing it so i can't imagine Jesus. like it's crazy uh now even though there was some civil war fighting uh around savannah the downtown area was generally left untouched in fear of destroying the city. So most of the ghosts that are associated with the mass graves with Madison Square and other places are not thought to come from the Civil War. That's mainly the Revolutionary War. Sure. So the siege of Savannah during the Revolutionary War happened in 1779. Savannah's yellow fever epidemic happened in 1820. So about 40 years after. And as I mentioned earlier, Savannah was built near swamplands, so they had a large mosquito population. Which, like, even today, I think it's Florida that they're trying to, like, genetically modify mosquitoes. So when they mate, the um, men die off, and then they can't pass on a certain, like, disease or something like that. It's insane. Yeah, exactly. Well... I wish they had that technology back then. I know, right? but, <laughs> but obviously in the late 1700s, early 1800s, they didn't realize how deadly mosquitoes could be. Of course. Um, it said around 1,500 people died from yellow fever, mainly because they didn't know how these people were 
getting the disease. Some symptoms of yellow fever are muscle aches, bleeding, and vomiting that could progress into a coma, as we were saying, or a delirium, uh, and then death. Because of the amount of people dying from yellow fever in 1820, they created mass graves for the mosquitoes' victims, which held around 700 bodies. Oh my god. Some of which were also buried alive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensing a pattern. Yes. (laughs) Because, like you were saying, while you're in a coma, your heart rate drastically slows and your breathing is so shallow it isn't really noticeable. Right. So later down the road, when authorities found coffins, either in areas that were unmarked or they were dug up to move, they noticed scratch marks on the inside of the coffins. So kind of how you were pointing out. Oh my god. That's like the most you could do when you're trapped in a coffin. Like is scratch the wood. I can't, like, so where where do these graves go? Like are they... So I think, they, I think most of them are still there under the city. Jesus. Um, but obviously for some of the building, newer building stuff when they build basements and stuff or foundations for buildings they run into that problem and if you listen to like my first season i talk about lincoln park here in chicago yeah. and it's the same thing there's still tons of bodies buried in lincoln park oh i've heard that yeah because it used to be the original cemetery so it's like i'm sure if you start digging anywhere in savannah it's like oh well we'll move this body you're or... gonna find a, a skull or something so, yeah. a couple phalanges <laughs> jesus now this mass grave for the yellow fever, the one with the 700 people, um, that one is in Colonial Park Cemetery, but that's only like two squares from Madison, so it's like five blocks away. And these mass graves aren't really like marked off. So, like I was saying, when you visit, you're basically walking over a marked grave, unmarked grave. And the squares are like not that big they're like little city parks and stuff like that and i'm sure the mass graves larger are not exactly under it so it's like i'm sure it's under buildings surrounding the area as well but oh absolutely <sighs> yeah 700 people and i said there's 1500 people died from yellow fever so there's like multiple there's like two or more unmarked graves and i was reading that like if you did if family members did um find their loved one or whatever that died in battle or something. A lot of the times back then, family members would bury them in the backyard. Like it was a Uh common thing for family members to have their loved ones buried in the backyard instead of a cemetery. I mean, that is like a one-way road to a haunted house, though. Yes. (laughs) a thousand percent. I mean, you're laying them to rest in the place that they will stay. Right. I get that, but... (laughs) But then just, like, dad's just, like, out there forever. And anytime yeah, you want to go, like, have a glass of water out on the porch, you're looking at your, like, dead loved one's yeah. grave. <laughs> and if it's, like, a traumatic thing, you're, like, reliving that every time. Every time. But, but you also, I mean, I guess we also have to think, like, probably back in those times, loved ones di- could die from getting the flu or a mosquito bite (laughs) so it might have been more normalized but i guess that's true yeah that's just wild to me yeah i i'm not super into burying that's like i 
in a cemetery or things like that. That's just like not my thing. But I get it. Are I you guess. A cremation girl. No, I don't want to be set on fire either. That's, that's <laughs> terrifying. Um, I do. I want to be buried, but I want to be buried like in the middle of nowhere, and like my body can like feed nature. Basically, love that. <laughs> Very eco friendly. I want a gaudy headstone. As you should. A hundred percent. I want like a depiction of me. I want devil horns. I want wings. <laughs> I want. I want to be the star of the cemetery. Like I yeah, the stop. largest statue, the largest that, yeah. one, like black marble. Like I want people to think it is full on like an occultist like ode. Please, yeah. And you have to have some really good saying or some quote or like I don't know. Throw a cross upside down. Honestly, who cares? But I'll. I'll it'll be. I'll quote like Cardi B or something. Please. <laughs> It'll be completely nonsensical. And it's up and it's up and it's up and, and it's, it's stuck. Up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, that's right. That's all I want. <laughs> my headstone, it won't even have my name. It'll just say, broke boys don't deserve no pussy. <laughs> please, 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 please. Perfect. Um, before we get into these hauntings, we're going to take a quick break. Try not to bury anyone alive. I'll work on it. Thank you. That's a very important thing to keep track of. Uh, wear bug spray. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're going to attack a port city, come up with a better plan than relying on fog. It's just not reliable. Mm. You know? Good tip. And we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about ghost encounters. Um, as we were saying at the beginning, one of my favorite things are the huge oak trees and the Spanish moss, and just the way it like sits over the roads. So you like drive through, just like it's so beautiful, it's so stunning. Um, it sets a really good picture when you're talking about ghosts. Like it's so <laughs> like that. It's so moody. Like <laughs> it's just perfect. Setting. Right, and of course, all the ghosts are from like the revolutionary war as all ghosts seem to be yeah of course so they're probably you know all in beautiful long flowing lacy dresses and or you know like war gear or you're just walking through the square or i'm just wearing a long lacy dress (laughs) it's just marveling at ghosts but yeah it's a very picturesque image yeah and again there's like 22 squares through uh through the city so if you have a chance and you're there just walk just walk through the area. It is so beautiful. But anyway, um, I was reading an article about Savannah ghosts, and I really love the way they framed Savannah hauntings. They said that when we think about haunted places in a city or wherever, we don't think about the city as being haunted, but that specific place being haunted. Right? We don't view Chicago as a haunted city, but we there are places that are haunted in Chicago. Sure. Whereas when we talk about Savannah or New Orleans or some of these other like old southern cities, we're talking about the city being haunted. So yes, there are haunted places in that city, but the entire city is haunted. I get that. Yeah. So the most common occurrences in Madison Square are shadowy figures, of course, 
which is the most common thing we see <laughs> in many haunted places. Uh, but with the amount of sightings of these shadowy figures, I'm inclined to believe that there are like multiple shadow figures in the square. Most people see the figures as they pass by under the streetlights that surround the square. And a woman on a ghost tour screamed while they were visiting the square. And when she, and when they asked her what was wrong, she said a figure ran at her, vanishing before they reached her. Anything running at me is not okay. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> whether it's a shadow, whether it's a person, whether it's like an animal, anything sprinting at me is not okay. <laughs> I will say that tour guide is getting a fat tip. Yes. That, what an experience. <laughs> but that kind of leads me to think more about when we were talking earlier about like how do you even define a ghost? Right. Like that makes me think that like maybe and maybe this is total conjecture. But maybe it was like a soldier mm-hmm. and and the moment where they died kind of being recreated in time, like playing right. like a time loop. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great way of putting it. Right. Yeah. Because I have a, like, why would, why would a ghost just run out of <laughs> ghost tour participant? For real. I like, after like everything I've read and stuff like that, I do believe that ghosts don't know they're visible to us. Mm. So they may be doing something in a room you're in or they may be, or you think they see you, but I don't think they actually can like witness us. They're just in their own world and we're only seeing like a snapshot of that. Like you said, of it repeating over itself. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Because I guess we don't really, other than in horror movies and things like that, we don't really hear about ghosts and like live humans interacting right very Mm -hmm. frequently yeah exactly and a couple like i know i always think of like amityville horror that Mm -hmm. house and stuff which i don't know if people have like looked into it but the people who claimed that it was haunted ended up saying that they made it all up Mm -hmm. so that's like a great example of ghosts interacting with people just to come find come to find out that's not real right so everything i've read and like looked up in my own experiences it's never been an interaction you know Interesting. so yeah i don't know it's just my take on ghosts but we'll never know until maybe we'll find out when we die but we'll never know <laughs> fascinating there was also an evp um an electronic voice phenomenon performed in the square late one night and it picked up a man saying he was shot in the heart I don't know how much weight I put on EVPs because I've never actually done one or experienced one. But if that's true, it fits the war theory. Yeah. It fits all of it. 100%. I always, I'm always, I'm skeptical of those types of devices. That and the, like the infrared or like yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the heat that mm-hmm. you see like ghost hunters yeah. use. <laughs> because it's like, what else do are those things used for <laughs> other than like detecting ghosts? Like, is this something that, it has like a scientific reasoning outside of ghost hunting but at the same time that's crazy (laughs) and i want to hear i want to hear the recording right exactly Mm. yeah anytime we hear some of those especially on ghost hunting shows or whatever you know it's always like okay that could be interpreted like five different ways right or we're not there in person so it could be someone off camera 
saying something or, you know, our technology nowadays is so advanced that we can create things out of thin air like that. Um, but I'm not going to say some of these things don't exist, but you're right. In uh, what capacity can we, like, uh, how much can we, yeah, put weight on these devices? <laughs> you're right. Now, granted, if I'm ever holding one, I will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I will be carrying one around with me from here on out. And just in I'm case. I'm sure they got it on Amazon. It, it, oh, if yeah. If it's on Prime, I'll have it shipped. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not only is the square itself haunted, which is fun to think about since we rarely hear about outdoor locations being haunted. Right. You know, we always, especially this podcast, the first, this is the sixth episode, so the first five episodes are about haunted houses, basically. And so it's fun to, like, talk about an outdoor space being haunted. And an outdoor space that's not, like, a cemetery. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only outdoor spaces you ever really hear about are, like cemeteries or like woman in white you know a little stretch of road or something like that but you don't really hear about like somewhere that's populated like a town square right exactly I think the only outdoor ones before this one I've talked about are a cemetery or what used to be a cemetery and the road outside of a cemetery right so yeah it's kind of odd to think about but of course, this square is surrounded by a bunch of old houses, so the square is not the only place haunted. Yeah. The houses surrounding the square are also haunted. The most notable is the Sorrel Weed House. And most of the houses in Savannah have two names because it's like the original builder and then the person they sold it to after they lived in it. Sure. Um, but there's a long-standing legend surrounding that house. And I'm... I'm just going to touch on a couple facts that uh, Francis Sorrell, the first owner of the house, lost his wife to yellow fever, then married her younger sister, who later jumped off of the house and lost his, or she jumped off of the second floor of the house, dying of suicide. So his first wife died of yellow fever, his second one died of suicide. There are claims of foul play, of course, but there's no real proof of that and there's also claims of francis sorrel sleeping with an enslaved woman and even though he did enslave people there's no documentation of the specific woman he supposedly slept with so there's a lot of like legend around that house and things that happened in that house but i think because it's so old no one really knows the facts of it right but regardless of the the lore and legends of it both sisters did die um, that, you know, there's death certificates and stuff. And uh, they did die in and around that square, you know. So I want to say, that, yeah, I would not be surprised if the house in the square are haunted by these women. Oh, positively. Um, the most common haunting happens in the basement of the house. Uh, the Sorrel Weed House is open for tours, and many people claim they were choking when they visit the basement of the house. Another common occurrence in the house is loss of battery life of electronics, which I think is kind of fascinating. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like I haven't heard of that. Right. So apparently, like, if when you start the tour, you will be on, like, a full battery life of your phone or maybe a little less. But by the end of the tour, you're, like, your phone's dead. And there's even, like, uh, there's an elderly man who had, like, hearing aids and 
halfway through the tour he's like i'm having trouble hearing the tour guide and then by the end he checked his hearing aids and they were dead so it's like very odd that's crazy yeah i have no idea how that happens or if there's some kind of weird magnetic energy going on in the house for some whatever reason ghost related or not but it makes me think like what i wonder if like i wonder if like you could also think about ghosts it's like i'm stuck on thinking of it as like an event what if it's like a collection of trauma or just like so much trauma happens in one time and place that it that the trauma is stuck to the location right 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 and so like that is what would like like i don't know if someone was choked in the basement or like if something like that happened and right then, like that trauma has stuck around and creates a choking sensation in people that's a really fascinating that part in particular really sticks out to me yeah but like the battery life like i don't even know how scientifically that would make exactly like work <laughs> now we just gotta take the tour to find out that's what we gotta do sign me up i'll charge my phone <laughs> so we know it's ready to go <laughs> Uh, there are those that believe the house is, isn't necessarily haunted by the women, but instead the dead soldiers that are buried below the house from the Siege of Savannah. And so kind of to your point, those men who have been either stabbed or shot or whatever are having a hard time breathing because they're probably choking up blood and stuff like of that. Of course. So it could be, yeah, the trauma of war. And that that um, specific battle in the revolutionary war was the bloodiest battle of that war so it could very well be that as well but would you buy slash live in a haunted house if you knew it was haunted i i think i would consider it yeah i think that there is a strong part of me that would just you know like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the typical like millennial Caucasian be like haunted I'm in sign me <laughs> up um, but like on one hand like on one hand I'm very skeptical right but on the other hand like I am also fully willing to fuck around and find out yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there's too much curiosity there to yeah exactly and I'm but I do think that I would grow fatigued of it if there were to actually be hauntings. Yeah. Um, I will say my neighbor downstairs in the current building I live in, the the building that we are in right now, uh, my neighbor downstairs passed away very recently before we moved in. Oh, okay. And so she left a ton of items. Right. In like just behind, um, she passed away at a care facility. Um, but she left a lot of stuff in her apartment. She just so happened to have a lot of mirrors. Okay. I know. And also a lot of like religious like right, yeah. paraphernalia um, or whatever. And so um, even though I'm not religious, I, just, I think religious items are really interesting and cool and yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so like... Um, the lady who kind of manages the building was good friends with the woman who passed away. So she let us kind of go down and before they threw out all of her shit, um, 
she let us kind of go through and take anything that we wanted so we got like a kitchen table and we got some chairs and we got a bunch of decorations and and you grabbed the ouija board that was in the corner (laughs) (laughs) a very mysterious urn right (laughs) um but so we still have like a lot of like our like lawn care equipment stuff is still marked with her last name okay yeah and we did we got a bunch of mirrors and also the, the mirrors and the religious stuff yeah were are what really um like kind of keep us questioning yeah i i'm not a hundred percent i don't know if i believe that like her spirit has stuck around right i do know like because in some of my performance things like i've used religious that like I, yeah i did an act <laughs> where <laughs> It was kind of, but like I, I, she had a statue of Jesus, mm. and I like smeared blood on it, gotcha. and I did like really like <laughs> gross stuff with it, and it was no disrespect to the woman. No, it was yeah. entirely a performance piece. It just happened to be her. It statue. just so <laughs> happened to be hers. But at the same time, like I, I do. We have always kind of wondered if, um, if you know, we have invited that kind of energy, right? Um, and so sometimes I will say we feel like there's like there's a little bit of of a being watched, right? Think, especially in the basement, and it never really feel you know we never really feel fully alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down there, I've gotten that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if the mirrors. Do you, are your the mirrors that you took are they hung in your this apartment? Yeah, they're like right over there. Okay. See, for me, I don't scare easily. Yeah. And I love horror movies. So, but the one thing that'll get me in a horror movie is someone passing behind you in a mirror or in the mirror, something mirror related. Anytime a medicine cabinet closes, I'm done. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That is like the one thing that'll get me every time. And I don't know if it, like, maybe you'll start believing when you see her pass behind you in the mirror. (laughs) I, uh, well, and that's the thing. I, I totally believe that. Um, and I just think it's so strange because there were mirrors. There was a mirror hung over her kitchen sink. You know, like they were everywhere. Was she, so she, was she living in the basement apartment then? No, she was living in the first floor. So she had windows. Yeah. So like, I guess I would get that if you're like in a basement apartment and it's really like dark and, you know, so you put mirrors up to make a room look larger. Oh yeah. And things like that. That that's kind of weird to have a mirror over your kitchen sink. We did have, I thought so too, and they were just everywhere. She had a mirror in every single room, um, but she stored a lot of things in the basement, and there were just like little pictures of Jesus, just kind of like taped around the basement. I am gonna say I went with my aunt and uncle to go house hunting last year, and we walked into a house that someone clearly was like overly religious, oh, like yeah. to the point where. There was like a whole, basically an altar in their house. Oh boy. That was one of the creepiest houses I've ever walked through. And just because (laughs) of the amount of religious, I don't want to call them artifacts, but you know, religious memorabilia around the house. There were little Jesus trading cards that were just like taped over her like storage location. Like. Makes me believe that she was trying to prevent something from happening. That's what I'm saying. Place. And then, like, I took those Jesus trading cards and I cut his little head out and I made Jesus pasties Good. to go over my nipples. Uh, and nice. so, uh, 
I think I might have been kind of young and dumb. I'm I've always kind of felt like we were kind of taunting. Yeah, yeah. That spirit. So I I have been very curious to see. We always kind of have one one eye on it, and it's always kind of like if we hear a strange sounder, it's like oh, that's the lady from downstairs. <laughs> yep. She's back, back again. Mm-hmm. She's back, 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 back again. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, I'm just picturing her state of mind of like posting jesus pictures everywhere and then having mirrors everywhere like she doesn't like her back turned like she's washing dishes right yeah. her back's turned to her place and so she can always make sure no one's behind her like that's <laughs> she kept something hidden she let something... i know she locked here something comes away this, like, gay stripper <laughs> taking all her shit <laughs> perfect i'm sure she wouldn't want it any other way <laughs> Um, I wouldn't mind living in a haunted house. That would not. I, yeah. As again, as long as like it's we're, we respect each other in the same space, I'm okay with it. I think it all depends on if the spirit is malicious or not. Yeah, absolutely. But then for me, okay, so this is where it gets into like malicious spirits, right? I don't necessarily believe they're ghosts. Then I believe. You know, we're getting into religion now. Right. And I'm not super religious, but I do think it's more of, like, if we're thinking of organized religion, more of, like, demon-based than Mm -hmm. it is ghost-based, if it's malicious. Because I don't necessarily view ghosts as, like, again, knowing they're here. Yeah, the whole unfinished business... I don't know. What defines an event that's (laughs) large enough to... Exactly. ...signify it being unfinished? But also, like, even even if you say, like, ghosts or spirits or whatever are completely neutral and there is no difference between malicious, non-malicious, whatever, I still, like, don't... I think what's most horrifying about visiting a haunted space would be, like, being in bed and having another entity in the room yeah. because like your bed is your safe space yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like we always put the covers over our yeah. heads if we're scared <laughs> um absolutely and the idea of some like unknown entity infringing on that is horrific to me yeah i i was looking into staying in like haunted uh bed and breakfasts for my birthday and it's just like i don't know if i could wake up in the middle of the night and have some ghost sitting on my bed like no 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 i don't know so i don't know if i could actually do it in the day-to-day if i'm like having sex and there's a ghost (laughs) staring at me like i don't know i don't know if i can do all of that but i i am incredibly intrigued by the idea yeah absolutely so have you had anything strange or paranormal or ghost related happen in your life? I know we kind of talked about the woman downstairs and stuff like that, but I I remember like so in my hometown there was apparently a well, there, there's a graveyard in my hometown that apparently sometimes you can see an orb floating. Okay. Um, like late, late, late at night. Right. And I have definitely driven by trying to look for it. Um, 
I've seen things that like, kind of looked like an orb of light, but it, it could have been a light, right? You know, yeah. from a street light or something. Um, and then there was so when I was in high school, a good friend of mine uh, passed away from cancer, and so, so she passed away while we were all still in high school, mm-hmm. and then. Not too long after that, I got in a really bad car accident, but I came out like completely unscathed, like untouched, nothing at all. And a lot of people said that they saw a connection between, like some people that I talked to saw a connection between the two events, like had a little guardian angel situation. Right, right, right. Um, But I don't know, I'm such a skeptic that I'm like, yeah, total circumstance. Um. But so those are probably the closest touches gotcha. that I've gotten with. It. Aside from like little question marks about from the lady downstairs. Right. But other than that, I'm, but like, I really, I do want to believe. Yeah. And I also really, I'm, I'm very curious about it. Yeah. I'm very open. Absolutely. To seeing. I, have you, yeah, okay. Have you? You, I have. Um. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Perfect. I'm um, sure you've gone over it on the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, and have you 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 like horror movies, right? Love them. Okay, have you seen the movie Munger Road? No. Um, it's not a great horror movie, but the reason I bring it up is because it's based on the story that's very close to my house in the suburbs. Like, I think it's uh, technically the area that the movie or that the story is about is in St. Charles and I'm like a town or two over. But, um, basically that story is a school bus was passing over the train tracks and the school bus did get hit by a train and all the kids like died on the tracks. And now if you go at that specific time or whatever, put your car in neutral and, uh, turn like the headlights off and stuff like that you'll be like pushed over the tracks and if you put like flower or something on the back you'll see like little handprints pushing your car so you make it over the tracks so the idea is like the school kids who died on the tracks are protecting people from getting hit by a train oh my god yeah and I've never I've I've driven over the tracks before. I've gone down that road before. I've never done the whole like put your car in neutral thing on you know on the tracks, but uh that's the legend of the area. And they made a movie about it. <laughs> it's like, that's wild. Yeah. I don't even know if like the school bus getting hit by the train is true. I, I never actually looked into it. I guess I should, but um Another episode of the pod. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Season three, The Burbs. The Burbs. <laughs> Ew, no, I couldn't. <laughs> well, thank you for being here and talking through ghosts and stuff with me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. You can follow Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter for photos, guest information, and upcoming news. Please subscribe, rate, and share the podcast so more people can share our love of ghosts. If you have a paranormal experience and would like me to read it on the podcast, email it to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from red rum being written on your bathroom mirror every morning while you're in a rush to get to work to 
getting slapped by an invisible hand immediately after taking a sip of water. Let me know. And Willie, where can they follow, find, and watch you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Willie LaCue, W-I-L-L-Y-L-A-Q-U-E-U-E. And I'm always just kind of bopping around the city. (laughs) Uh, Usually at the Newport Theater, sometimes at the Darling in the West Loop, or um, hopefully coming to a city near you. Absolutely. And I'll tag... um... I'll tag his profile, and you always post your upcoming events on there on Instagram. So definitely give him a follow. And go see a burlesque numbers. We need more of that. (laughs) Uh, Again, thanks for being here, and I'll see you all next week because everyone loves a ghost story. The theme song is by Tyer. Follow him on Instagram at forboyslikeme. That's F-O-R, boys like me. And the artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. I got my information from Wikipedia, Haunted Savannah by James Caskey, Ghost City Tours, and Battlefields.org.